The following interview is brought to you in part by the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. All right, as we just heard, this uh, is brought to you, this segment, by the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra, and I have the director. It's only appropriate, Michael, I have the director of the orchestra here, Dr. Beverly Everett. Uh, Welcome again to the show, Beverly. Thank you, Beverly. Thank you, Monsignor. Uh, You've been on RPR before. Yes. And we're going to talk about uh, a lot of different things here. Um, I get up about five on show days um, to get things together. I got Mozart facts. I got Requiem facts. I got questions about why you're doing this. First, tell us a little bit about yourself, Dr. Beverly Everett. I'm the music director of the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra. I'm also... Music director of the Bemidji Symphony Orchestra, and I am an organist, and I'm an organist here at Corpus Christi Church, and and mm. also teach organ at the University of Mary. So have a very fun musical life in this community. From this interview, you're going to the airport to fly to Las Vegas. What's going on? I'm flying to Las Vegas to drive up to St. George, Utah, to attend a celebration of life for my friend Wilford Brimley. Some of our uh, listeners might remember Wilford, the actor, and he's performed here with our orchestra in Bismarck before and in Bemidji. And Wilford was married later in his life to a woman named Beverly, and she was my mom's best friend. And so that's who I'm named after. I wish you good travels. Thank you. Uh, and thanks for uh, keeping us on your schedule. I, I know your, your, your time is close as you're waiting to catch a flight. Uh, Dr. Beverly Everett, um, we, I had you trapped in a car. We drove out to a wedding on Friday in Dickinson. Congratulations, by the way, to Jenna and Mark. And so, I mean, it's not like you would have run away from me, but you, you couldn't. And I, I, kept, uh, I kept running some homily ideas by you. Uh, you did some fact checks on some of them for me. Uh, one of the things we talked about was 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 the requiem uh, of 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 Mozart, which, uh, by the way, on September seventeenth, the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra will be performing the Mozart requiem um, at a concert uh, at a nine eleven commemoration. T- tell us first. Tell us about that upcoming event on September seventeenth here in Bismarck. Right. So it's um, Saturday. I, th- I think the date might be the 18th. Is that a Saturday? Um, and it's our first concert of the season. So opening up our season. And 10 years ago, we also performed the Mozart Requiem for the 10th anniversary commemoration of 9-11. And so in meeting last spring about this concert, we met with Dr. Tom Porter, the conductor of the Bismarck Mandan Civic Chorus, and talked about whether or not we would be able to do something like this because of COVID. Many of the choirs were actually affected even more than orchestras by the pandemic and their ability to gather together and to sing and and we decided, based on all the current conditions at that time, that we would be able to do this safely with a little bit smaller group. I think the last time we did it, we had about 100 singers and, and a large orchestra. And this time, they'll be closer to 40 singers and, and a little bit smaller orchestra. And um, But we're, we're just really privileged to be able to present this piece to our community. Saturday, September 18th. 
at the Bell May, who's um, it starts at seven seven thirty. Yes, and uh, tickets are available. How? So the tickets are available. We sell our tickets through the event center. You can go now to our website, BismarckMandanSymphony.org, or call our symphony office and talk to Mike Gardner, our executive director. That number is 701-258-8345, and Mike will set you up for tickets. I don't believe individual concert tickets are on sale yet. Those will be available in about three weeks, and so just watch our website for that information. Uh, the the requiem was um, uh, it, it's been used in some high profile funeral masses, um, such as Beethoven, Napoleon, and even President Kennedy. Uh, first of all, let's talk a little bit about Mozart. Um, he he wrote uh, half the number of his total symphonies that he would create between the ages of eight and nineteen. He, he could uh, write music before he could write words. Uh, he was born in 1756 in Salzburg. I, I, I visited Salzburg. I saw his house. We talked about that on the way out, too. Mozart died in 1791 in, in Vienna. Um, can, am I going to get smarter? It, there, there's a Mozart effect. In, in 1993, uh, the, the term, uh, the Mozart effect, was first coined. It's to believe that listening to Mozart's music can improve a person's IQ. Am I going to come out ahead after after that concert? I, I think I think we all will will come out ahead on that concert. <laughs> um, the the the, uh, the the thing that's interesting about Mozart is he has forty one symphonies, twenty seven concertos, five violin concertos, twenty seven arias, twenty three string quartets, 18 masses. Um, I, I think we, we need to remember that he was um, born a Catholic, he remained a Catholic, and some of his greatest works are, are religious, right? Mozart, he was a tenor, he was left-handed, he had several pets, including a dog, a canary, and a horse. Uh, and then there's one more thing I want to talk about here with, with Mozart, and that's um, Mozart's, listen to this, Mozart's music uh, helps those with epilepsy. Listening to Mozart's music uh, is, has been credited with helping those with epilepsy, uh, boosting the milk production of cows, and, and boosting the IQ of unborn babies. This is some, I'm, I, I, I'm not making this up. And listen to this. And the Swiss are smart, aren't they? They make watches. Don't they got a good bobsled team? I don't know. But the, there, there's a Swiss sewage treatment center that, that now claim that Mozart can help microbes break down sewage waste. And, and the center's preferred composition is the magic flute. That, that's, a, that's, that's all documented. And so a, anyway, the, that, let's talk about the requiem. The fascinating thing in our discussion driving to Dickinson on Friday is you told me how it, it's, it's mysterious. He didn't finish it. There's questions around his death. One of his students finished it. I asked if you can tell where it ended and the students started. So that, that started at the beginning. Uh, why did he write this? Uh, and was it for him? Did he die suspiciously? Tell us about it. 
1791, in early 1791, actually right on Valentine's Day, the wife of Count Valsig, who was a, a count in that area, she died. And he wanted to commemorate her by commissioning a piece of musical art in commissioning the Requiem. Now, at the time that this, he sent a messenger to Mozart to do the commission, um, the messenger was in secret. So at that time, Mozart did not know who had commissioned the piece. He only knew that he had been asked to write um, a Requiem. That was in February of 1791. Um, the sketches don't appear until a little bit later in 1791, but that's how it came about. Um, he he needed the commission, um, he needed the money, and and that's, that's the impetus of the commission. Um, for what he began to work on, so back in 1771, Mozart and his father had actually been a part of the performance of a requiem written by Michael Haydn for the death of the Archbishop of Salzburg. And so that piece had influenced him, and then the form of that work continued to influence him as he thought about how to structure this requiem that he was writing. Now, let's let's talk about his suspicious death. Um, how how? But by the way, you're, you're, you you mentioned money. Uh, Mozart earned a substantial amount of money writing, but he was also an extravagant spender. He died a pauper, mm-hmm. not not buried in a pauper's grave. He was buried in a common grave, which means it wasn't an aristocratic grave. But but he he died a pauper. Um, and I guess if you if you earn the money, you you can spend it. I, I have no problem with that. But but the, the, how did he die? There's a. It's. It, I don't know that it's ever been proven. For one point of how he died, there are many many theories. There are the kind of extravagant theories that he was murdered. There are theories that it had something to do with the Freemasons, uh, which he was a member of. There are many different diseases that have been projected that could have been the cause of his death. He was 35 years of age. Uh, he, he, he was, his, his father was Leopold, uh, who upon Mozart's birth described Mozart as a miracle of God because he seemed too small and weak to survive. So, so was he unhealthy in his life? Um, I think throughout his life, and during that time period, so many of the, I think the the average um, age of death was was maybe not as young as thirty five, but was was not as old certainly as we have now. Um, so so when uh, he died, um, his uh, student finished it. Um, I, I see here that uh, and 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 I and I asked you. Can can you, if you didn't know this story, that Mozart didn't complete his requiem, and by the word requiem we mean funeral mass, the parts of a funeral mass. If you didn't know this as a student of of uh, music history, um, would would you have known that 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 he didn't finish it, and one of his students did? Is that Sussmeyer? Yes, Sussmeyer finished, completed the work. Um, you can see in the score, I brought this to yes, show you, yes, that, yes. so the addition of this score 
in the margin there, it has a little S or a little M. So that shows you what was completed by Mozart, um, where Sussmeyer took over. So I, all you have to do, this is the lacrimosa movement that we're looking Which at. Which means tears, the is, crying? Um, just a few pages over, it goes from having an M next to it to having an S. So I'm looking at the score here of, of the, the Requiem of Mozart. Uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. I'm holding it in my hands, the full score. And this is kind of neat. So so the S is Sussmeyer, his student. That, And so he got, did he get halfway through it, more or less? Or uh, Not even that much. I think there was something... Um, just just fragments of most of the movements. So so it's right here that Mozart died. Yes. Okay. And you think that Sussmeyer was pretty good at finishing it? Yes. And would you, and would you have known? I don't think I would have known just upon hearing the piece if I walked in the door the first time and heard it. Um, I'm not sure that I would would know that intricate of a detail and you you mentioned in our drive out to dickinson that that there have been also some some other endings um i i i lived with a priest once we we would watch movies and then we'd have to watch like alternate endings to it it was just dreadful you know like you know he was like you know the movie <laughs> I, I, I don't have that much time but so but there are alternate endings to sussmeyer's um, and then, uh, why why are you using is Sussmeyer the preferred end ending or and tell me tell me about the other options that you would have as a as as a maestro or or what have you? So the Sussmeyer I would say is the most commonly done. Um, it's the one that probably the chorus is going to be more familiar with, um, the soloist will be more familiar with, is one I'm more, most familiar with. Um, one of the big differences in some of the completions is that there were a fragment for a big fugal amen ending, and that is not present in this edition. Um, I believe in the Levin edition, that would be, he completed that. Um, I think in the other editions, there are some changes in the orchestration, um, some slight changes in the vocal writing. I'm looking at the trombone part here. Uh, you know my skills, uh, limited. I, I played with the symphony. I played the 76, could I play this? I don't. I don't know. You can say no. <laughs> well, it's a big, famous solo in the in the yes. in the tuba mirum. Um, so I so um, it would. I think for any of us, it would take some practice on and, that. And you, a, you use that trombone solo for the audition, don't right, you, to right. to enter the Bismarck Mandan Symphony? Right. Uh, I, I played with your trombonists. Let's talk about them a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Craig Gettle uh, and Dan Hinman. Mm -hmm. Um, and Dan, Dan wasn't at the Capitol, but Craig Gettle was. He was, he was, and he was beside me. Uh, he was really, really good. Uh, they have music majors, mm -hmm. and, and so they, they, they play a lot. Um, they, they, they were really good. And it was, and you played a lot. Of, by the way, the, the uh, Michael, I, I I went to the Fourth of July Symphony mm -hmm. at the Capitol. I'm usually yes. I'm usually at the rodeo. 
You played for, in for it. some reason, yeah. yeah. Well, that was my first time. I went to it because I had to play in it. I see. But but it but it but it was a delight. It was a uh, we're going to do that. We're going to do that again and again and again. I'm usually you know uh, breathing dust out at the rodeo, but you guys you played a lot of music that night, and I and mm-hmm. I visited with Craig on on the way out. He said, "Yeah, that was a lot of music, a ton of music." Yeah. It is, and we, we, it's an unusual schedule for an orchestra concert, and, and granted, it's one of our favorite concerts of the year. I just found out last night, we had a board meeting, and they said there were 6,000 people there. Oh, I oh. believe it. I mean, just more than even pre-pandemic. Well, I, I don't even know how you, you'd have to count them, like, by mapping from mm-hmm. the sky. The, the whole mall was just filled, and there, there were people, uh, and some of the people were just on their decks, their, their porches uh, across the, the, the boulevard uh, on the street. Uh, do, we have, do we have to take a break, Eli? We're going to take a break. We're coming up on 50 minutes past the hour. We're going to visit more with Dr. Beverly Everett. We have just a few minutes to go. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. Uh, At least in this part of the world, we're getting back to, I I feel like we're getting back. We we got the RPR banquet coming up. Fundraisers are back. Uh, Concerts are back. Uh, And uh, the arts are back. Uh, On Saturday, September 18th, the Bismarck Mandan Symphony Orchestra will present, in part, Mozart's Requiem. And I'm visiting with Dr. Beverly Everett, who is the director of that. She also is involved with the Bemidji Symphony Orchestra. How did you get that job attached? Is that Bemidji? I I could see if it was like Jamestown, but... uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, so t- tell us about Bemidji a little bit. Give Bemidji a little, they're, they're listening right now. Give, give, us a, give Bemidji a little love. Um, so, I always thought that was a strange, it's sort of like, yeah, he's pastor of Bismarck and Bemidji. You know, you, you would think I'd get Monokan or something attached to Bismarck. So I, so I got the Bemidji position first, and, you know, both of these orchestras 
presented their searches just like any major orchestra would. So it's uh, almost definitely more than a year and in some cases up to two-year process from the time that you send in a resume and application. Uh, They usually go through a process where they whittle it down to three to five candidates who will come in person and spend about a week in the community and and, and uh, rehearse the orchestra, present a concert, but also interact with the community. That's a big part of it is to see how the person's going to fit in. And in both Bismarck and Bemidji, I was the first candidate. So like in Bemidji, when I auditioned, I, that was in October of whatever year that was, and the last candidate didn't go till May. And here I was the first candidate as well and went in October and the last candidate went in February. So you just have to... Just hope for the best and hope they'll remember you. And A community, or uh, you, this is a hard position to fill, right? Right. They, get, they do get a lot of applicants because everybody wants a podium. I mean, there are more conductors than there are orchestras, but, um, but it's a, it's, it, it requires, it has a lot of moving parts trying to find the right person. Um, I, I watched you work on the 4th of July. You, you, have, to, you have to keep, people have to, they have to like you. You're dealing with volunteers, right? Everybody's paid, but yes, they, so, I mean, they're but, giving of their time but and it, their but efforts. It, but if you yell at them, they don't need grief. That's right. So you, I, I, I watch how you work with people. You have to not just know music and know it in that setting, but you have to you, uh, know every position, every player, every what they. but you have to keep them together. One so my, that, that's another skill. Right. One of my mentors back in when I was in the Aspen Music Festival told all of his young conductors, he said, if you don't have a personality, you better go out and get one. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and and, and there, are, there are musicians, I would imagine, that, that are very, very talented, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't want them having the baton at all. Yeah. And, and so and you, you've been obviously successful. How long have you been in Bismarck? I've been in Bismarck, I think this is coming up on my 13th year, and actually, right as I was on my way to this interview, I got an email that my contract is being renewed. Oh. I, I didn't know it was up, so okay. that's, that's some good news to share. <laughs> so, did you get a raise? Is, yeah, okay, yeah, so, it's, yeah, it's all looking good. So, you got renewed and a raise and didn't even know that was coming. Right. Because you could have been let go in theory too. That's exactly. Okay. I was kind of with trepidation okay, over so, the email. So you can enjoy Las Vegas even more. All right. So on Saturday, September eighteenth, uh, we have an opportunity. Tell us again about the performance coming up. It's not just a requiem. You got a couple bookends there at the Bell Mayhus on Saturday, September eighteenth in Bismarck. Uh, what what do you have? So we're performing with the Bismarck Mandan Civic Chorus. We open the concert with a new piece of music by composer Emerson Eads. Emerson is the choral director at Minot State University, and Emerson will also be our tenor soloist. And he composed a piece called She Was that's written in commemoration um, on the death of a daughter of one of his friends. And then Emerson is our tenor soloist for the Mozart Requiem. Jason Thoms, who is the choral director at Bismarck State College, is the bass soloist. Don Hagaret, who is voice, voice professor at BSC, is our alto soloist. And Melissa McCann is our new vocal professor at UMary. She's our soprano soloist. www.bismarckmandansymphony.org or call the office. Can I, can I buy a ticket? Can I walk in and buy a ticket? 
Yes. If, if possible. Yes. Are you, are you still social distancing, seating no. in the Bell May House? So, Not so at I, this time. So I can sit by somebody? Yes. And no vaccination record required? Yes. Correct. I have a t-shirt. Somebody gave me a t-shirt that says fully vaccinated. Okay. And that might make people. Dr. Beverly Everett, it's always a pleasure. Thank you, Monsignor. Thanks for coming on. And I want to remind everybody of that concert again on Saturday, September 18th. And um, you, I wish you a good trip. Thank you. And I want to uh, thank you for your time. We're coming up on 57 minutes past the hour, which means we're going to do uh, a preview of the next show. Eli, are we ready to do that? Let's do it. You're on. <laughs> Thanks, Monsignor. Great show today. Got another good, good one coming up tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. That'll be hosted by Heather Carroll, oh. coming to you live from the Mustard Seed Catholic Store in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. She'll start off the show talking with Jan Federal about a, a beer and wine tasting event that's the talk of the town. Then Suzanne Gale and Lucas Feigen will tell us how the Dakota Bowl is back. Plus, Dominique Charlson and Jim Kenyon from Catholic Social Services of Rapid City will tell us how they're on a mission to save lives this school year. All that and a whole lot more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live tomorrow morning, 9 to 11 a.m. Central, right here on the Real Presence Radio Network. Right back to you. Uh, Eli, these are some of your last days uh, living as 20 years old. You're going to turn 21 in October. Is that right? (laughs) That's right. Two and a half months. 21 in October. You know, and I don't think I'd go back again for anything. No? You don't think so, I want, I want credit for these years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm very, very happy where I am. And uh, But I want to thank you for uh, taking care of things, Eli. All right? Thanks, And Monsignor. it's been our pleasure again. Karen Selinski, welcome to the RPR team. Thank you, Michael Kudrowski. Thank you, Monsignor. on the air. Again, this has been Monsignor Schumacher from my office of the Church of Corpus Christi. My vicar is coming back from Alaska, and I'm going to be riding my motorcycle with my brother down to South Dakota carefully. So um, I, will, I tell everybody there's going to be a lot of motorcycles in the upper Midwest going to South Dakota. So we're tough to see. Uh, uh, drive carefully, and like I say, the, the life you save may be your priest, <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> Or your doctor, or your lawyer, or somebody. It's a, uh, or your pilot. My brother's yep. an airline pilot. We're, we're, we're all, we all look the same, <laughs> but we're really all different. But I'm looking forward to getting away a little bit, and I, and I hope everybody can uh, enjoy these last days of summer. Again, thank you to our listeners. We are entirely listener-supported, uh, so please do support us and um, uh, take note of the, a banquet in your area uh, coming up, and uh, we appreciate that. So as we uh, say goodbye until next time, enjoy today, the feast day of the dedication of the Basilica of St. Mary Major, the Mother of God, is the Mother of the Church, and we ask her to pray for us. Amen. Thank you. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.